0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So we're going to continue this morning in our series, Drawing Near. And I just love the fact that we were singing that song, Drawing Near. And uh, I had nothing to do with that. That's awesome, isn't it? Amen. You know, God is always wanting us to draw near to Him. Amen. God, God never moves. He's always there. His arms are always open. He's always waiting for us to come to Him. But in the book of James, it says, draw near to God and he will what? He will draw near to you. And uh, so the onus is always on us making that first step, taking that first step of, of coming to God in prayer. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, I have in my hands this morning our, our churchwide devotion. And uh, so excited about this. We started on the uh, 3rd of February. We're working through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels. And uh, it'll be available for the cafe um, from the 24th of January. You can go there and buy it. They're $150 a book. We thought we'd just put the price up. No, they'll be quite cheap. But do encourage you with that. Uh, Within the book, um, each month there's a prayer focus. And the first part of our prayer focus is praying for the Christians in North Korea. Amen. And then you get to work through uh, one chapter of the Bible a day and then just fill out some some thoughts there. Uh, Looking at the scripture, observing what it says, looking how it applies to your life, and then praying. And so we're just believing God that right across the life of our church, young and old, any old ones out there? Dang, I hate to think it, but I am. (laughs) It's only a number. Isn't that right, my friend? Amen. But uh, we're just believing that everyone is just going to commit to this journey of daily jumping into the word of God and daily praying together and then having some accountability around that as well. So we'll let you know more about that as we, uh, as we just continue with this, but very, very excited about it. wanted before we jumped into the, the message this morning, wanted to really just touch on what I believe was a RIma word to us a couple of Sundays uh, Sunday mornings ago. I think it was the fifth, actually last Sunday morning where I believe that God's word for each of us as, as, as his children is that as we, we, we get ready to launch into 2020, as we are now, Second Sunday, that we really take the time to consider how we put time aside and prepare our lives and our hearts in order to be able to serve God and pursue the call of God for our lives. I really believe that for each of us, God really wants to take those thoughts to heart and look at this year and ask ourselves the question, how am I to serve God and how am I pursuing the call of God on my life? Because we said a couple of weeks ago, who knows how quickly the years go? Before you know it, you'll get to the end of 2020 and go, oh my gosh, I've got less hair now, Josh. Um, I've got, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm talking to me there, Josh. You've got more than me, bro. And you can grow a beard too. That's not fair. That's just terrible. Got the whole lot going on. But we get to the end of the year and we look back and we go, life has happened. And again, I still haven't pursued the thing that's most important in my life. That's the call of God. And that's serving God by serving others. Amen. And I really felt that it was a word for us that we really take this year to heart and consider. How are we going to serve and how are we going to grow? question this morning before we jump in is, do you want to grow? You know, I've realized this in life growing old is automatic but growing in God is a decision growing in our faith is a choice that we make growing old just happens automatically it's terrible it's, it just sneaks up on you before you know it you're, you're, you're 20 and you think you're old and you get to 30 and you think you're old and 40 you're over the hill and 50 mine. there's just there's just so little life left amen <laughs> But it's so important, so important that we really consider the fact that we need to make a choice. And with a new year comes new opportunities to consider how we're going to grow during the course of this year. And this is why this week uh, we're looking at part two on drawing near and growing in prayer. Amen. Drawing near by growing in prayer. And last week I just wanted to recap a few things that we discovered last week about our Father in heaven. Everyone say our Father in heaven our Father in heaven. Some things that we discovered about His nature towards us in His heart is firstly, our Father in heaven, He's looking out for us. Aren't you glad about that this morning? Second thing we discovered is that God, our Father, is wanting to meet with us. Aren't we so thankful about that? Third thing that we've discovered about our Father in heaven is that God, our Father, is longing to fellowship with us. I look at those thoughts there and there was three scriptures that we looked at from the Old and New Testament that reveal the heart of God that God wants us to fellowship with him that God wants us to encounter his presence but the big question or the thought is this it takes two people to fellowship you hear me takes two of us and I know without exception God wants to meet with us but the question we've got to ask is do we really want to meet with God Do we really want to meet with God? We also looked at the life of Paul last week in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 10, and we discovered a few things about Paul that were quite significant. We see that Paul was a scholar, a genius, a wealthy man, a community leader who had tremendous power and influence. But to Paul, all the education, all the wealth, all the fame, all the the stuff that he had meant nothing to him in comparison of knowing and encountering the presence of Jesus Christ. In fact, in verse 10, this is what Paul said, his one supreme motivation for life. Wouldn't it be great if this became our one supreme motivation for life? Listen to it this morning. That I might know him at the power of his resurrection. That was Paul's main motivation for life. He said, everything else that I've done, all that I've achieved, all that I've accomplished is rubbish, is dung in comparison to knowing Jesus, encountering his presence. And imagine if we all had that same motivation and heart as well. That our motivation, our overwhelming motivation was that we would know him and the power of his resurrection. In fact, I love the, the thought that the word know in the Greek there means this, to perceive in an experiential way. Paul's desire was to have a tangible encounter with God. Amen. To have tangible encounters with God. God wants us to have life-changing encounters with Him. Amen. Love this scripture I wanted to share with you. I'm trusting God that in the times to come that we're going to have meetings like this. It's found in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and it's Solomon getting ready to dedicate the temple to the Lord, but I want you to hear some of the thoughts this morning uh, that come out of this. It says in uh, verse uh, one, "When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory, the presence of God, had filled the Lord's house. Amen. God's presence. Was that thick and that tangible that the priests, all of us, kings and priests of the Most High, were not able to function. They weren't able to move. They weren't even able to get into the room. That's how thick the presence of God was. And oh my goodness gracious me, we serve a God who is real, his love is tangible, his peace is tangible, his joy is tangible. Everything about our God, he is a tangible God, and he wants us to encounter his presence in a tangible way. But the question is this, is are we hungry enough? Are we willing enough? Amen. You're quiet in this Baptist church this morning. Last week you're an Anglican church, this week you're Baptist. I love that thought there, that the presence of God was that thick, the weight of God, the glory of God was that thick that they could not move. <clears throat> you know, I believe with all of my heart, and I'm not, I'm not want, wanting to be mystical or anything like that, but I believe that God's presence is very tangible. Remember one of the, one of the early experiences and I talked last week about Bible college and the, the revival that broke out there, uh, in Bible College, um, from our national chairman that travelled from um, New Zealand all the way back to uh, Brisbane, it was like it was like this disease, but it was a holy disease. I mean, where, wherever these people went that encountered this this presence of God in this unique way, it would just break out all over the place. Amen. And I remember in our early early couple of years here in the church, I remember one experience that I have that I still can't forget, because I believe that God's wanting us to encounter His presence in a greater way. Come on, in a greater way. You're praying now, that's awesome. You're reading your word, that's awesome. But I believe that there is more in God for us to experience. And I remember in the early days coming here, it was a Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. for a prayer meeting. And and um, I don't know what season it was in the church, but I remember feeling really beaten up, a bit uh, knocked around. And I remember just coming to the prayer meeting, and I remember opening up the door where, where Dean's just walked in. I remember opening up that door, and I walked in, and it was like I literally walked into a whole other atmosphere. A whole other atmosphere. It was like I went from being in summer and then stepping into winter. Or being in winter and stepping into summer. From outside of that door, walking into this building, there was such a tangible presence of God. I remember on that night coming down here and, and, and couldn't really do too much. I was overwhelmed with God's presence, overwhelmed with this sense of God is in the room. You know what I'm talking about? You have those times where you're waiting on God and you just like, you don't want to move because of the holiness of whose presence you're in, right? And I remember coming down here and just, just, I think I ended up laying down on the floor here. And for probably half an hour, it was like electricity going up and down through my body. You know, you're thinking now you're just such a strange kook. I am. But it's pronounced cook, not kook. Amen. (laughs) But I remember just like electricity flowing through my body. I mean, the sensation and the presence of God was just overwhelming and all i felt was a sense of joy and a sense of peace I remember getting up out of that prayer meeting walking out of the building feeling so refreshed and restored amen god's wanting us to encounter his presence in new ways i believe with all of my heart but we've got to ask the question do we want to have an encounter with god you know No one's too sinful to meet with God. Paul was an angry, murderous uh, person. One encounter with God changed his life forever. No one is too uh, 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 excuse me too weak to meet with God. Elijah in the Old Testament was discouraged and depressed. He wanted to die. One touch from God, his life changed. No one is too old to meet with God. Ew. No one is too old to meet with God. Moses was already 80 years when he he was touched by God. One glimpse of God's glory and Moses' face was changed forever. Hallelujah. No one is too young to meet with God. Jeremiah was just a teenager, we find, in the Old Testament. Samuel was just a boy under 12. And yet they had tangible encounters with God. And this morning I want to share just a couple of thoughts about how can we prepare our heart for a greater encounter with God's presence, drawing nearer to God through prayer. There's several keys that we'll share over a couple of weeks, but the first one is this. I believe that we need to have a deep desire if we want to encounter God's presence. A deep desire. Do you want to meet with God? No, I want to watch more Netflix. Do we want to meet with God? Well, what are we going to have to change in order to be able to have that deep desire in our heart? God's not going to show up unless we have a strong desire to meet with Him. Remember the thought, God wants us to fellowship with Him, but He's not hard up for it. He's looking to to and fro across the globe today for people that have a heart after Him, that want Him, that want to encounter His presence. He's looking right across His congregation this morning, you, you're all such a good-looking bunch of people, amen? Very, very good-looking. But he's looking at your heart this morning, and he's just asking the question, is there a desire within them to encounter me? Because God's not hard up, amen? We don't come to God cheaply. To have an encounter with God, we must have a strong desire. We see in the Old Testament, Samuel, he might have been a young boy, but he had a strong desire. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 states this, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. The word there, ministered, means to wait on. Samuel was carving out time in his world to pray and to wait on God. In fact, there's so much that's spoken about, the promises in Scripture, that comes to those people that are willing to wait on God, that have a strong desire to encounter God. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, many people would know this verse of Scripture. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall grow long hair and never shall it fall out. That's what the last part says there, the CEV translation or something like that. Now, another Scripture, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4, it says, For since the beginning of the world men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts... On behalf of the one who waits for him. We don't serve a microwave God. God wants us to learn what it means to wait on him. Desire to meet with him. Amen. Not just have a quick, you know, three second, God bless me, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. But I look at this this young man, Samuel, here. He knew and understood what it meant to wait on God. Look at what Jesus taught about desire, having a heart for God, for his presence. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst are strong desires. Hunger and thirst, amen. If I preach for much longer, you're going to get hungrier, amen, as we get towards lunch. Jesus said blessed are those that hunger and desire, hunger and thirst have strong desires for God want to encounter God want to meet with God he said they shall be filled I love what David says in the old testament about his heart and desire he says in psalm 42:2 as the deer pants for water excuse me as the deer pants for water brooks So, pants, my soul for you, oh my God, my soul thirsts for you, for the living God. We encounter God's presence when we have a strong desire to. And I felt this morning, just a little prompting of the Holy Spirit to ask the question to each of us this morning. What's stealing our desires? Or what's stolen our desire? again in this Baptist church? You're the only cheeky old fellow that could get away with that. Amen? Amen. I I believe that the Holy Spirit's wanting to set us up for for something significant this year. And you know, all the stuff that's going on, I, I walk around and I go, that would take years, but it hasn't. God's done so much so quickly, Amanda. Amen? I'm so blessed. But I believe that he's gearing up for something even so much more significant. But it's only going to happen as we get hungry and desire his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me just rave on a little bit. Meetings when we get in the building, but we can't get out of the building because God's presence is so thick. Thanks. So we've got a desire, but the question is, what's stealing your desire? Last week, I held up the, the, uh, the smartphone, the iPhone, and you know, the question was, how much time do we actually spend in those things? How much time do we spend on those things, morning, noon, and night? And you know they're, they're a great tool and useful for making phone calls, but there's so many other things that we do on them today that are such a distraction. We need to start to shake those things off our lives and start to say, God, I'm going to start getting really serious and intent about meeting with you. Is that one down the back there? Hey. We need to stir our desire. God's not going to show up unless we have a strong desire to meet with Him. That's the first thing that I believe is so important in having a greater encounter with God's presence. The second one is dissatisfaction dissatisfaction having a heart that is dissatisfied having a heart that says God I want more and I know that there is more hallelujah hallelujah amen so much more oh so much more so- <laughs> Michael and Lisa are looking away <laughs> I would do too <laughs> so much more that's what we sung this morning so much more so much more we can shrink the creator of heaven we can shrink the creator of all things who spoke and created everything that we see from the word that he uttered everything has been established and made and we can limit him down to it's just a little oh well might pray might take a night off netflix i might take a night off whatever to carve that aside and to minister to you lord to wait on you lord amen david and donna bell just legends we're so stoked you in the church absolutely so dissatisfaction, just about getting ready to wind up this morning. What did Jesus teach in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit, thought? You might be rich, beautiful, successful on the outside, but in your spirit you are dissatisfied with who you are. God, I don't want to trust in my own abilities. I need more of you more than anything else. God, I'm hungry. I am desperate for more of your presence in my life. That's what it means to be poor of spirit, to empty yourself and to be full of God. Too many Christians are full of self and empty of God. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah, it's good water. Made in China. There's an ever-increasing yearning. Could I get the band to come up, please? There's an ever-increasing yearning for more of the knowledge and the presence of God in our lives. But what can happen over time is we become more self-reliant and and, and lead to an attitude of self-importance and being self-reliant rather than being God-dependent. I know that there was a lot of movement just then, but I hope that you heard that last little thought. To be poor in spirit means to be God-dependent and less self-dependent. When we're younger, with less education, less less experience, less money, less possessions, our love for God could be so much purer. We're excited to worship. We look forward to every service and fellowship. We had no difficulty in paying our tithes when it came to God's leaning. It was not my will, but your will be done. But listen to this thought this morning. What can happen over time is if we don't continue to be dissatisfied, poor in spirit, saying, God, I want more of your presence, we become full of ourselves. Worship. Don't expect me to sing or raise my hands. Church. We come when it suits. Giving. Oh, well, I've got commitments. God's leading. It doesn't fit my schedule. I'm too busy. And all of a sudden, what happens? The Christian's no longer poor in spirit, but now we've become full of self. If we want to encounter God in this 2020 period, we've got to cultivate and stir a desire and a dissatisfaction in our hearts. There is more, Marty Daniels. There is more of God to experience life changing moments but we draw near to him he draws near to us just as we conclude this morning too many believers are filled with all the wrong things to have a life changing encounter with God we need a strong desire and a dissatisfied heart that says there's more there's more of God's presence to encounter just as we finished this morning. And I don't know for each of us, we have our, our busy worlds and it's okay. It's, it's life. But I remember the encounter that Moses had with God at the burning bush. Remember that one? The bush was on fire, but it did not burn. And God said to Moses, Moses, take off your sandals from your feet for this place that you're about to encounter is holy. And I felt the Holy Spirit said, there are many of us that need to be willing to take some things off in order to encounter more of the presence of God. And I don't know what that is for you this morning. It could be a number of things. But God said, Moses... The place that you're about to walk is holy. Take off your sandals, then come into my presence. For each of us this morning, what is it this morning that we may need to take off in order to come into his presence? Let's bow our heads this morning as we pray. I just want to ask you the question this morning, just as we conclude what does growing in prayer look like in your life? Just ponder that question. What does growing in prayer look like in your life? What change do you see? What thing needs to be adjusted or taken off? So, What does growing in prayer look like in your life? Father, we thank you. Just while every head's bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here today and you have not yet encountered the grace, the mercy and forgiveness offered by God through his son, Jesus Christ, if you know this morning that you are not born again, you've never asked God to forgive you, you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, But you know, today you've been brought here. God's led you to this place. He's wanting you to encounter his presence. He's wanting you to know what it means to be a son or daughter of God. While every head's bowed, if you're here this morning and you are not born again, you have a knowledge of God in your head, but you have not encountered him in your heart. While every head's bowed, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, Shane, that's me today. I want to make Jesus my personal Lord and Savior. I don't want to continue living this life the way that I am. I want to live for you i want to live your life while every head's bowed and eyes closed just a look across the building this morning father we thank you father we thank you jesus we bless you well god we just thank you help us lord to make the changes help us to understand the areas that you're wanting us to grow in but more in particular god you're wanting us to grow in prayer to encounter you the one true living god our father in heaven we hallow your name We thank you for this day. Everybody said amen.